Hi, assalamu alaikum. My name is Raqaya Wright, and welcome to episode four of Breaking Barriers. Today we will be talking about. Today we will be telling stories of black and righteous people, and today I have joining me Habiba. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. Um, my name is Habiba Diallo, and I'm a senior in high school. How are you today, Habiba? I'm doing good, Alhamdulillah. How are you? That's good. I'm good also. Thank you for being on here. I'm glad that you asked me to be on here. I'm glad that you're glad. Okay, so I'll be talking about the story of Sumaya. Sumaya was born 20 years before the Prophet She was actually the first shaheed to ever like exist. She was the first person who was granted martyrdom in Islam. Not the first woman, but the first ever shahida. She was a slave. She was the slave of Hudayfa ibn Maghrib. She married Yasir when she was in her ending her teen years, going on to 20. On that time, she married Yasir. He had just came to Mecca from Yemen and he settled in the area and he was among the tribe that she was enslaved to. She had a son later on named Amar. And in the same tribe that she was in, that was the tribe that Abu Jahl was from. She was the fun, she was one of the first Muslims that came to Islam and practice Islam openly out of all the people who practice Islam openly. There were seven of the first who practice Islam openly, which was the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, first and foremost. And then there was Abu Bakr. And then there was Bilal. And then there was Qabab and Suhaiba. And then there was Sumayya and her son Ammar. Later on, her husband Yasir became Muslim and started practicing openly also. So out of the seven, five of them, they were like enslaved and they were poor. They were like nothing in this society that was considered nothing. They weren't considered anyone. They didn't matter. They were tortured extremely. They had to wear this like metal armor on and walk through the hot sun in like deserts and they were tortured and beaten in this armor and all this stuff they did to them because they were Muslim Abu Jahl wanted them to denounce Islam and Abu Jahl would especially torture Sumayya because he was like oh why is this old woman because at the time when she first accepted Islam and when the message first came she was like in her 60s so he's like, why is this old woman like defying me? Especially when I'm like bigger than her and stronger than her. And I'm like youthful. I can do whatever I want to her. Why is she defying me? So he would beat her. He would like take her head and shove it in water until she couldn't breathe and then pull it out back and then shove it again in water until she couldn't breathe. Keep on doing that to her. He would whip her. He would make her wear this armor and all these other forms of torture he would do to her. Wow. 
and then when he would torture her she would say oh when he would torture her she would make her zikr and keep um allah's name on her tongue and when he would tell her to curse the prophet and curse allah and or else you will die she would be like she would curse him and curse his gods instead and this would make him more angry but she would still do it because she would never say anything bad about the prophet no matter what anyone told her to do no matter what they did to her her son amar one time a couple of times when they were torturing they torture him so like bad he was near the point of death so he decided to curse the prophet but the prophet muhammad وسلم, told him that he would be forgiven because it was just words that he said with his tongue it was not actually what he believed in his heart and he just said it to save himself mm-hmm. but Sumaya, she never gave in to all the torture that they would do and all the stuff they would do to her and then one day like years after they accepted islam and they've gone through all these torture for years her son yeah i mean not her son her husband yasir he was they had sumaya on a tree and they were beating her and they had yasir on a tree like opposite her and they were beating him in front of her and he was like near the point of death and abu jahl told her oh so you're gonna let your husband die but that's probably what you want because you want to marry the prophet because you love him so much and he said that to her as like an insult so then she spit on him and she said may allah humiliate you and you are smaller to me than the beetle on the ground when she said that he decided to take this um i forgot what they're called i want to say staff but you know those things with the point oh yeah in the old times yeah mm-hmm. yeah he took it and he stabbed her with it in her stomach and the moment the point like touched her Allah mm-hmm. showed her her place in Jannah and then she died and she was the first person to receive martyrdom in Islam the first black muslim yeah, like she, like woman she was first woman first person mm-hmm. and to receive martyrdom and she was black mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the story of Fir'aun and Asiya how when he killed her he didn't even get well he didn't even actually get the chance to kill her before he got to kill her Allah took her soul and showed her her place in Jannah but this story is kind of a little bit different because he did get to kill her but Allah showed her her place in Jannah the moment it touched her so she died with ease she didn't even die like in pain so he wasn't he thought he was triumphant but he wasn't actually So what do you think about this story? Well, I just think that um it's amazing how like nowadays like we wouldn't go through that torture. I feel like back in the day people they had much more higher iman. Um like they would do anything for Allah. Like I'm not saying like the people nowadays would, but like, I feel like back in the day and now in this and this time like it's different. Um I feel like the time of jahiliyyah during the prophet was very much extreme and um yeah I just feel like yeah I understand what you mean like they were tested with so much and we're not even yes, tested with that much with that much but yeah we're doing much worse than what they were doing back in the day yeah 
and it's so easy for us to break but they didn't break under such extreme mm-hmm. circumstances when they almost died they were at the point of death and they still held on to their iman yes. so who is the person that you re- so i'm going to be so i am going to be talking about the story of sarad and aswad and and the pro- but i want to say first that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam once said that there would be people who would now have no status in this dunya but there would be wait but there would be do i have so much weight in the eyes of allah in the day of judgment um so sarad al-aswad was a companion um he had no status he had no money no wealth no anything he was just a black man and um so one day he came to the prophet sallallahu he was like oh messenger of allah will i also enter into jannah and then rasulullah sallallahu said of course you will enter into jannah if you're a believer but he said but me am i regarded as low amongst the believers sad al-aswad said and then oh sad for you is the same reward as everybody else he replied same as abu bakr umar uthman you have you would have the same status as them in jannah and then the prophet said and then he and then he told the prophet why haven't anyone like give me given me their daughter and then prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi said go to umar ibn wahhab's house he was like umar ibn wahhab was known as the leader of medina and his daughter was known for her beauty mm-hmm. so then when saad ibn al-aswad went to umar and then an act said um the prophet sallallahu said for me to, the Prophet said for me to come ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And Umar ibn Wahhab just looked at him and just diminished him. And like, he was like, do you know who I am? I'm Umar ibn Wahhab. I'm one of the known leaders of Medina. So then his daughter was in the house and she overheard their conversation. And then the daughter came up to him and said, wait, wait, oh father, this request was from the Prophet Who would we be if we refuse his proposal? His request who would like what would happen to us if we refuse so then the daughter told him um i accept your proposal and then she asked for 400 dirhams so then saad went to the prophet and asked i've never seen 400 400 dirhams before so then prophet muhammad told him to go to ali and ask go to ali uthman and umar to ask them for 200 dirham each so then he went to them and then they all gave him 200 dirham each and more so then he went to the market and before going to his wife he stopped at the market to get some gifts so then as he was roaming around getting gifts the call of jihad came and then the narration said that saad stood there and looked to the heavens and said oh lord of the heavens i will buy that which is pleasing so he bought a horse and a sword and he went into the battlefield and when he went to the battlefield, he covered his face because he knew the Prophet would send him back home to his wife. Mm-hmm. So when he entered the battlefield, the Sahaba was like, who is this man? Who is this man? Like, he's covering his face. Like, we've never seen him before. So then Ali said, he has come to fight. Leave him. So then Narish, the narration mentioned that Sa'ad went into the battlefield and his horse was struck. As he fell off his horse, and when he fell off his horse, he pulled up his sleeve and the Prophet saw his dark skin. And then Saad said, and then he said, Saad, is that you? And he said, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you, messenger of Allah. Then the prophet said, oh, Saad, there is no, there's no abat for you, but Jannah. And when Saad heard that, he, he, 
And then when Saad heard that, he got elated and jumped back into the battlefield. Then after a while, they announced that Saad had been martyred. Saad has been martyred. Then the Prophet ran into the, the Prophet ran into the battlefield and said and, and placed his head on his thigh, and tears was flowing down his cheeks. Saad then, on wait. Then the Prophet ran into the battlefield and to and said, placed his head on to his thigh, and tears was flowing down the Prophet's cheeks. And then after a while, the Prophet began to smile and turned away. Then Sahaba asked, they have never seen him do something like that, never in his life. He cried and smiled, and then the Prophet said, I cried and upon the Prophet of my beloved companions, but when I saw his status by Allah, I began to smile, because he reached the hood of the water fountain, which is given to me. The water is sweeter than honey and whiter than milk, and whoever drinks from it will never be thirsty again. And in, return, and in return, Allah had granted him Jannah and wives who are even more beautiful than she is. This was a man who a couple of hours ago didn't know if he was going to Jannah because of his status in this dunya. And little did he know that that was going to be his status. So this story just gives me and it should give all of us a reminder that no matter what color you are, everyone is, everyone is the same in the eyes of Allah. You are only different by the way you worship and the good deeds that you do so um and how good of a person you are so just because you're not famous you're not known or you're not you know the prophet you're not from the um race you don't have the same race of the prophet doesn't mean you are any better or you're different and i just feel like people nowadays need to stop seeking validations or stop looking at other people and stop belittling yourself just because how you look and what you don't have and yeah so just do what you came to this dinner to do. Strive to achieve greatness and don't be among the losers of the day of judgment. Yeah, exactly. And there's even a hadith that said the people who are like tortured and they're oppressed in this life, Allah will take them and they, he will dip them into Jannah. And then the moment he dips them into Jannah, they will be like, I forgot the exact words, but let me paraphrase they're be like they're born again yeah and he'll ask them yeah. have you ever like suffered in your life and they will say no i've never suffered in my life yeah. because like they'll realize oh all this stuff and trials and tests that i went through it was to get me here and that's yeah. their internal end goal i just pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the people who are heavy in his scale um May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us united in this dunya. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us all in Jannah to protect us and have a high rank in Jannah. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. And what people, like, what are the people who inspire you the most? Could be from the past, now. Um, from the past, I would say Bilal was one person who really inspired me and who I look up to, um, how people degraded him because of his color, how he didn't stop that from, you know, doing great things and worshiping Allah. Um, Saad al-Aswad also, because um, his story taught me like not to like think so low of myself just because I look a certain way or I don't have a certain thing. It just Saad al-Aswad taught me like, um, do what's what I came into this dunya to do. Do what uh, what would make Allah happy and what would make me happy. 
and know that there's always reward in the hereafter yeah because there's even a hadith that says those who strive to please the people they will that's what they'll achieve but those who strive to please Allah that's what they'll achieve Jannah Mm -hmm. so what are some of your role models from the companions time of the Sahaba um, for me, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. That's what I have to say. Um, Bilal is one of them, just like mm-hmm. you said. Bilal, Sumaya, another one. Um, Umayma is mm-hmm. another one. Um, I talked about Umayma in another episode, but um, who else? There's so many people. Um, oh, um. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Oh, um, Raqaya, even though she wasn't black, but I was named after her, and yeah, she's one of my role models. Um, who else? Fatima. There's a lot. There's so many. I can't even recall all of them. And even before the time of Prophet Muhammad. I'd say my main one is Asya because I love the story of Asya. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all do. It's yes. a beautiful story. Who's the role model for you, like now, currently? Like com- the, from the time of the companions, or like like now? Like, at <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but like at this point in time, that are alive now, still, you know. Or like scholars and stuff, or like pe- general people. It could be anyone. Um, I'll say my mom. She's a one world model for me. Why? Because even though like she, like my mom is a role model for me because no matter what she's going through, no matter what um, hardship Allah is putting in her life, she would always get up for tahajjud. Like, and there's no day that passed by like my mom doesn't get up for tahajjud or she doesn't make dua. And like always she says alhamdulillah for anything and i just feel like for someone like that like she never um complains she never asks why this happened to me like she always making dua she's always fasting she's always waking up for tahajjud i feel like someone who wakes up for tahajjud has a really high rank in the eyes of allah because that's the time allah comes down and asks which servant is up for me to answer the dua and i feel like that's the most important and sacred time of the night of the day when you wake up in the middle of the night and pray to your lord and i feel like that's um a really big quality for someone to have and i wish one day allah would give me that courage for me to wake up in the middle of the night and make dua just like my mother does inshallah yeah. you will yeah same thing for me my mom same thing I would say all of those same exact things you just said. The same thing I would say for my mom. She's, she's my number one role model. I don't think I have, I look up to anybody else except for her. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like my mom and then my mom and then my grandma. Yeah, both my grandma too. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Both of my grandmas. My, like, my grandma on my dad's side like she taught me so much stuff about Islam man like being a good person like you know mm-hmm. having your priorities straight mm-hmm. like 
going after what's important in this life and not and don't do anything that's like deviates you from the dean or anything like that you know what i mean yeah my grandma also taught me to always have your mom's blessing like anything you do if you don't have your mom's blessing like you're not gonna be anything in life so always make sure you make your mom happy do what she tells you to do and just make sure like like your mom doesn't go away when she's not happy with you because Jenna lies under her feet and like she doesn't she's stressed like she doesn't play with the whole disrespect and like not listen to your mother because she's she used to be like her mom passed away when she was like 14 and like she took care of her dad. Her dad went blind like when he was at an old age and she was just like a teenager. So she didn't want to school. So all her life she took care of her dad and like she really got his blessing. Like when he was dying, he had her name in her mouth. I said, may Allah like whatever struggles you are going with, through in life, may Allah make like, make it easy for you like may Allah like not make you go through any burden if you're going if you're going through any burden call out to Allah like he would you know fix your problem he would ease your heart because of what you did for your parents so I feel like that really touches me and like I, I want to do the same yeah yeah me too I 100% agree with that and honestly it's so hard to like lose any parent like so hard yeah, the fact that she did when she was at a young age, and like she had to move to a different city, and she was the only one. She had no parents to like take her there or like be with her, or guide her. So like that shows how strong she was. Yeah, she was tested and she persevered. Yeah, and may Allah reward her for that. And may Allah write reward all of us. And, and may Allah elevate all of our status in general. I mean. And make us among under his throne on the day of judgment. I mean, make us among the mu'minun. Yes, I mean, and may Allah I mean. bless us all with Janatul Firdaus Al A'la. Thank you for being on this episode, Habiba. I'm so You're happy welcome. to have you here. You were amazing. Thank you. I'm glad you had me on here. I had a great time. I'm glad you had me. My name is Raqaya Wrights. Thank you for watching this episode of Breaking Barriers, and I can't wait to keep the conversation going.